Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR, 8.55am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Sunday afternoon, noon Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And summertime, well, we're kind of sort of there theoretically, but it's Melbourne and we're not there practically. I'm Sally Goldner. I use the pronouns she and her and welcome to Out of the Pan. Out of the Pan is part of all 3CR broadcasting, broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nations at the intersection of Wurundjeri and Bunurong lands. We pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in and all the lands were stolen and never ceded, always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. I use the pronoun she and her. Welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. And welcome on this special um, International Day of People with a Disability broadcast um, on health sovereignty. Welcome to people of all abilities, mental, cognitive, physical, etc., want to talk about that throughout the show and first off my apologies unfortunately I got a message yesterday that my planned guest um, Catherine Marshall from In- um, Inclusive Rainbow Voices is was not available due to some personal issues and I hope they sort themselves out really soon however um, in the here it is um, it's six minutes and 14 seconds in card subject to change as they say in the world of wrestling um, so the show will go on we'll just rearrange the matches a bit I've um, got to thank um, especially um, Iris and Queer Trans Health um, talking about issues um, um, in the previous um, hour, uh, a half hour um, out of the blue, um, staying on the surface today, so to speak, not diving deep for marine news on this special day of special programming. And um, so range of issues. And if you want to get in touch with the show, and I'm going to ask you to do that, um, you, um, what, to, what to say, but um, out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456 751 215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Look, and also you can look for that um, on Twitter, Mastodon, and Blue Sky, um, all the platforms, and Instagram. And um, look for me on Facebook, Sally Goldner AM and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Remember, any opinions I express on the program are my own, not those of any organisation with which I am associated currently or have been in the past, or they may not necessarily be the same. Remember, you can snail mail PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. Um, Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. There will be a segment that I've um, pulled out um, later in the show, which will definitely lead content um, warnings for various topics. Um, and therefore, you can contact QLife, which includes Switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania on 1800-184527 and Rainbow Door 1800-729-367. You can SMS Rainbow Door 0480 so there, there will be content warnings at that point for discussion of violence, um, amongst other things, and there will be a pre-recorded um, a list of um, content notes there. Um, that'll be a an interview that was played um, some months ago with Natalie Phelps. I'll talk more about that soon. But I'd like your input today on this International Day of Disability, particularly from people with disabilities and double particularly queer, whether you're that the person yourself, whether you're a carer, you could be 
work with um, a health service provider that specialises in intersectional health, queer and disabilities. Um, so, yeah, very much want to put the lived expertise at the forefront. What do you think the issues are? We just heard um, some great discussion there from Farida and Stephanie about their experiences as per the 3CR website, navigating their health in this messed up system, touching on long COVID, hospitals, autism, and imagining beyond where people's needs are, needs are met. That's a dang good idea. Why don't we do that? Um, meet people's needs, you know. Um, it's that old saying of we, we all want the same outcome, which is the best possible health care, but everyone's road to it um, that they will travel is different. How they will travel it. They, the metaphorical equivalent of car, bicycle or pedestrian. Um, we've all got different needs, and so that's really important. And part of it, um, mentioning autism, opened up specifically with Alanis Morissette and um, Hand in My Pocket, which the song itself is not about disability. Alanis Morissette identifies with the neurodivergent trait, the highly sensitive person, as do I. Um, HSP for short, no, I do not eat myself, um, halal snack packs or Hellenic ones, meat or vegetarian or otherwise, I'm not a cannibal. Um, but I thought that was a good place to start the show and perhaps get some discussion rolling. There's just a whole range of topics we can talk about. Um, I was reminded as I came up to this week of a great session, seems so long ago, February this year, what a year it's been on so many levels, um, when I was at the Better Together conference in Adelaide. Um, so a bit bobbed down there, Adelaide, Adelaide. Um, seriously, um, a great session there on hidden disabilities of various sorts. Um, and I know right off the bat that um, I personally, I get where the law is at on this, that it puts neurodivergence under disability. I, I don't see my neurodivergence, HSP introvert, as disabilities in that sense. I will greatly acknowledge the copyright of Greta Thunberg and say that they are... Um, superpowers, in my humble opinion, and to watch me leap over a tall building or something, I don't know, seriously. Um, really, really important that um, that distinguishment gets up, so I thought that was a good reason to play a great song, um, and the HSP, Neurodivergence, still unknown. I um, unfortunately no longer work in an organisation where they claimed they didn't know how to talk to me because of my HSP, so they wouldn't talk to me. Uh, well, just don't come up with sudden outbursts and temper tantrums, which are toxic masculinity and will um, damage lots of people. Thank you, um, um, person in management who said that. Not really that hard. Um, and all the rest of it. And even though I went to Viroc, they didn't do any reasonable adjustment. If anything got worse and kept shouting at me um, outright even after that. Hmm. So these are things that I think are um, of great relevance to our communities because... Um, one project I remember a few years ago where everyone was trans to start with and then looked at all the intersections found that 50% of trans people thought neurodivergence was important to them. And I think that's about right. Now, it didn't break it down into forms of neurodivergence, autism, sensory disorder, HSP, many, 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 many more. But I think that's a good start. So when we have a health system that is, um, um, you know, sort of... Um, um, you know, sort of not great, um, you know, and is very neurotypical. And there are other things as well. When we have a justice system that's neurotypical, when, you know, it's sort of people who are sexually harassed or need fair work or go to other things 
have to sign silence agreements. And I strongly remember when I saw Grace Tame at um, the Arts Centre last year in conversation with Magda Zabanski. She said, neurodivergent people find it hard to, to, to tell a lie. Well, I'm very much with that, but it's also what we don't um, say, in a sense, that is, can be as much a lie. Now, there's all sorts of um, philosophical arguments about that one, but I certainly find that, and I think having to bottle things up is incredibly difficult. Now, wouldn't it be nice if people stopped discriminating and we didn't, uh, or didn't, um, you know, throw people out of work unfairly, and then we wouldn't have a problem? But no, that even the um, perfectionist streak in me says that's not really that likely. So um, yeah, really welcome people's thoughts on this. Um, you know, are our health systems working for all forms of neurodivergence, and you know what can we do? Um, but welcome, as I say, any feedback on disabilities, particularly those um, the intersection of queer and disabled people who are carers. You could be a queer carer for a um, heterosexual, cisgender, endosex type of person. Um, that's fine too. Um, you know, really would welcome people's input. We did. I did get one comment on this on Twitter um, from um, someone who said, and I'm just going to bring this one up, um, that... Um, Someone, um, Anton, said, uh, it's the brother of a 57-year-old with a, a severe acquired brain injury from birth, proud that my folks are able to care for him with love and compassion. It's no fault what happened during delivery. No fault of his, sorry, his being the brother, um, who um, um, sort of has the acquired brain injury. Now, this is a really good point, you know, and then it brings up, probably, there's probably many other issues. I don't want to speak, of course, to this particular situation. That's someone else's story. But, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, there's, there's a challenge right off the bat. Someone, you know, has a an in, you know, brain injury from birth and it's a whole life. And, I, you know, I'm sure that people can, it's all very well to say things like, oh, well, people can adjust and be flexible. Yeah, you, I wonder who the people are who are saying those sorts of things. I'm sure it is not easy. So I'm certainly acknowledging that, Anton. Um, and, yeah, I did see... I haven't seen your brother for a long time, but yes, we used to go and watch. Well, I'll keep all 18, 18 out of 18 listeners on site. I won't mention which football team. We used to go and watch football at Arctic Park in Waverley. That was the good old days. But the thing is, there wasn't a lot of information in those days. Yes, it was pre-internet. How do we support? How do we communicate with people with disabilities? At times I admit that I didn't know and got it wrong and did wrong things. And it's good that there is more information and information in itself is a start, but then it's about trying to get people not to change people's attitudes necessarily, to get people to change their own attitudes. And there's a subtle difference in that. Um, you know, sort of um, old joke, how many health professionals does it take to change a light bulb? It doesn't matter how many, or how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? It doesn't matter how many the light bulb has to want to change. And unfortunately, some people won't. So, you know, learning is a critical factor. What? What can we do to enhance learning about all these things? Um, but the hidden disabilities, um, you know, sort of, um, we'll call it um, um, sh- um, workshop, breakout room, um, if you like, at Better Together, was very affirming. And so many people felt like they'd felt affirmed. Now, I have, may have mentioned this before, mentioned it again, a range of hidden disabilities. I have one leg slightly shorter than the other, which meant I was not really, um, which developed about puberty from memory. Um, um, you know, sort of like, um, um, 
so you say, yeah, um, so that wasn't good for running or playing football, running between the wickets at cricket, chasing after the ball. Never really liked walking and running. And, and the only options you get to play sport um, are cricket, football and athletics. Um, yeah, not great. And it took me a while when I sort of started being more physical this year um, to remember that I had that because um, and get back to it. As I used to joke about swimming, which was a great start to get some fitness, it uh, doesn't matter if you've got one leg shorter than the other because you are horizontal. Um, those sorts of things. The other hidden disability I have is my eyes are not of equal strength. Um, for those of my era and for those who wish to learn about old terms, a turn in one eye is what it was called. So there's all of those sorts of things. And yes, I'm, I have those two forms of neurodivergence. You could say that to some extent I'm a survivor of trauma through bullying and discrimination at various levels. I would like to think I'm doing my best to manage all those things right now, but um, you know, and doing better over time and trying to learn and um, to borrow from Dirty Harry. I'll be Dirty Harriet for a second. A good tran always knows her limitations. Um, but um, also, you don't want to be held hold yourself back. So there is things that pe- obviously you know people who don't experience that um, have to consider. I'm also recognised, is my word, as experiencing what's called cyclothymia, which is a smaller version of bipolar 1 and 2, less cyclic and usually set off by circumstances rather than um, you know chemical type of stuff um, inside the brain. And you know, I take a small amount of antidepressant medication every day. So these are lots of hidden disabilities and it felt very affirming to talk about them. And I think this is something we don't talk about. So it's certainly something I want to cover today. Um, and um, in the meantime, after Alanis Morissette, I've pulled out um, What Music I Can, which talks about how people don't get, you know, we'll say the same opportunities. And this one, whilst it's not about a disability, its song was written about cystic fibrosis, which um, is more a health condition, but it's also a hidden health condition in a way, um, or health situation. Um, I thought this one by the Wolverines would bring up some relevant issues. And it's a damn fine song because it's Australian indie country. 3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. Sixty. 
this concept of teaching people to see the person and not the disability then why can't people see a person with a disability and not freak out or not feel uncomfortable you know it's like that weird backhanded compliment that we get when people say you know oh I don't think of you as disabled because you're my friend or you're really cool or because you're just like me and can we not be all of those things can we not be cool and likable and people's friends but not also be proud of our disabilities I kind of hope that we can. Disability Day on 3CR. 12 hours of community radio by, for and about people with disabilities. You being disabled doesn't make you a burden or a stressor on a relationship. That's just what capitalism is teaching us. It's teaching us that if we're not well, we're not successful. No, it's, it's totally not the case. You're listening to 3CR's International Day of People with Disability broadcast. That is indeed us, 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Um, um, And on this special um, day of programming. And um, a few things, um, not quite relevant, but a story's come up which is of interest, given that this involves a queer person, not um, specifically about disabilities, but... um, 
Um, Casey Jenkins, um, the artist who proposed an artwork for that documented their efforts to conceive through donor conception, has settled their case against the Australia Council, now known as Creative Australia. They took the council to the federal court for discrimination as well as defamation and breach of contract. Um, and Sky News um, then commented on it. Um, and Jenkins was informed the grant was withdrawn. And and the Australia Council claimed that the project called Immaculate exposed the council to unacceptable, potentially long-term and incalculable risk. Oh, talking about conception, does that right? Sure. Um, the council said it could not be part of the internet um, to act that results in bringing new life into this world as part of an art project. Uh, how would you like it brought in? I remember a case from the Catholic Church years ago, a huge content note coming up for um, child abuse and underage sex where a man... Um, got an 11-year-old cisgender girl pregnant, and the Catholic Church expelled the girl and her mother for um, having, um, the girl for having an abortion and the mother for helping her, but didn't do anything to criticise the father. Yeah, that's the sort of life you want to bring into um, to the world? I don't think so. Um, so um, the case was settled outside, outside of court on Thursday. It will soon be formally dismissed by the federal court. Arnold Block and Liebler acted for Jenkins. And as part of the settlement, Creative Australia has agreed its board and management will undergo gender equity training. They'll make a 12-point public apology to be posted on its website within 28 days of the case being dismissed and pay Jenkins a six-figure sum. Oh, because they lost their guts over $25,000, they have declined to comment. Um, and um, and um, Jenkins claimed that then Australia Council tapped into, quote, what is quite a widespread assumption or fear that queer people will harm children. Um, well, <laughs> dearie me, um, you know, sort of their concession, there was nothing illegal in the art or the action um, is a vindication for myself, but not, but, but not only for myself, this is Jenkins, but all families formed with donor assistance who are re, um, routinely and unjustly maligned. And so um, well done, Casey. You're very, very um, you know, sort of... Um, you know, sort of um, courageous for pushing through on this. Um, and, um, um, you know, sort of Jenkins, um, not a quote here, but a quote from the article, Jenkins hopes Creative Australia will fully engage with the training they've agreed to regarding gender equity, LGBTIQ plus people and women and their rights, unconscious bias, rainbow families and reproductive rights. They hope to show immaculate in Australia soon and are studying a PhD about institutional discrimination. Yeah, um, well, I think... Whilst that's not about disabilities, um, yes, there's so many linkages to some of the issues of, um, uh, faced by people with disabilities of all sorts, that there is institutional discrimination and unconscious bias. Um, so just well done, Casey. Amazing that you um, pushed and pushed and pushed through. Um, courageous stuff. Well done indeed. And, you know, sometimes we need to do that. It was interesting listening to 3CR's Juliet Fox receiving a community um, broadcasting award for long contributions to community radio, talking about how community radio can do systemic change, and certainly 3CR are a proud part of that. Um, so, um, tossing up is what to do next here. There's so much we could talk about. Um, certainly the other topic that I wanted to talk about um, is... The issue of um, not just health professionals being more trauma-informed, but um, organisations and managers being trauma-informed. 
And this is, again, something that obviously comes close to the bone, so to speak, for people in queer communities, but also, and while not my lived expertise, of course, it's reasonable to say many, many others. And when we have, as a predominant form of mental health care, the Uh, approach that is called cognitive behavioral therapy, which is nice and rational and challenges your feelings, that's not very trauma-informed. And I I did two sessions with a very um, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, and I'm not using the abbreviation CBT, um, in um, um, sort of mental health professionals a few years ago, and it just was horrible. You know, I don't need to be challenged. People need affirmation. And it's just medical arrogance that brings in a form of therapy that is CBT, toxic masculinity, patriarchy. Gee, talk about questioning some systems. It's all the same thing. And, um, you know, I just think it's really arrogant that someone says, I'm going to challenge you. Well, you know, your feelings and your thoughts at that time are there. You sort of say, okay, that's what's going on. And you then work through it. And maybe this practitioner was you know, just hadn't thought about their own middle class privilege as well. There's a privilege that often gets buried in unconscious bias. And I mean, we look at um, um, what's going on. There's also a story which I want to have a good look at um, in a minute um, while we play another track. Um, And that is um, a story about how we're going to crack down on the NDIS, particularly in relation to autism. Gee, um, disability discrimination there. Um, You know, this whole thing that neurodivergence and mental health you know, harder to prove. Um, as someone who's had to deal not so much with the federal government, but a, a state government system in the last year, and was told by a rehab person that um, they will get a, a GP in um, to talk about how I can get back to work, not how I can rehab. Um, well, what good's bringing my GP in going to do? Are they suddenly going to get rid of uh, the mental health stuff that I was experiencing faster? Um, but they probably wouldn't say that to someone who had a you know a sprained ankle or a broken leg or something from work cover. Oh yes, take the time you need to heal. So there's certainly that when it comes to mental and cognitive disabilities. Again, that hidden aspect as well. All right, so I'm going to play the interview now that um, I had scheduled um, and um, um, with Natalie Felks. And um, there will be content notes um, at the start of this interview. Um, so, um, to be aware of. And so, look, there will be, um, you know, sort of traumatizing material. Um, Natalie Felks, um, Felix, sorry, I beg your pardon. I'll put my, clean my specs properly. Um, writer, feminist, and activist on empowerment of queer and disabled people through advocacy and representation, um, you know, sort of, um, and representation, trans fiction, coping with rejection, and staying motivated. So let's have a listen to this one and note that um, there may be some content notes um, in there. And this was originally broadcast on International Women's Day, which, of course, when we're talking intersections, can be um, a factor as well in um, health sovereignty in various ways. Um, So um, you're on Out of the Pan, 3CR, 855 AM Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Let's have a listen to this So please take a moment to decide whether you would... The following interview addresses violence towards sex workers, LGBTQI people and the murder of a trans woman. This content is distressing, so please take a moment to decide whether you would like to continue listening. If you require support, please call Lifeline on 131114. For LGBTQI peer support, call QLife on one eight hundred one eight four 
527. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people can call 13YARN for mob-only support on 139276. I'd like to welcome Charlie Murphy, who is a trans sex worker. She is one of the organisers of the International Working Girls Day Rally, which will be held Wednesday, 8th of March in Sydney. And today, Charlie joins us to discuss the fatal attack of trans sex worker Kimberly McRae in January 2020, whose killer, Hector Valencia, has been found not guilty of her murder. We will also cover what trans justice could look like and the current state of queer politics and sex worker rights. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. So in our conversation... My apologies, I've hit the wrong button there for a couple of times. Let's go for third time lucky. And now the next interview will be with Natalie Felix, who is a writer, feminist and activist who has published both fiction and non-fiction work. These days, Natalie has a focus on bringing empowerment to queer and disabled people throughout, through advocacy and representation. Today, Natalie joins us to talk all things trans fiction, coping with rejection, staying motivated, and what inspires her writing practice. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Layla. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you this morning. So I thought I would just start by talking a little bit about how I was introduced to your work. So Priya very kindly introduced me to your work through the article that you wrote for Siren Sport last month on the impact of the trans of the trans women in sport debate. And while we won't be speaking to this directly today, I did want to preface our chat by reiterating some really important points that you brought to light. Um, What I kind of understood from that article and what I've also been thinking about for a while is that the trans women in sport debate is, at its core, fundamentally dehumanising. It reduces the experiences of trans people, in particular trans women, down to a body and a body that is up for public debate and scrutiny. So, in resistance to this reductive narrative that so often dominates trans representation in media, today you and I will be focusing on the joys, the fears and the complexities of flourishing trans voices. So, yes, I'm very excited to have this chat with you. Me too. <laughs> I thought we could start by learning a little bit more about you, Natalie. Could mm-hmm. you tell me how your journey as a writer began and what you've been working on lately? So I've actually started where a lot of um, writers start, which is just writing dumb shit in high school when I was associating from my classes. Um, And that kind of just kept on going and going and going. And I became that kid that every parent is afraid that their kid is going to turn into. It's like, I want to be a writer when I grow up Um, instead of, you know, doing anything in STEM or whatever people are supposed to do these days. Um, But yeah, I stuck with it and I ended up doing a lot of writing for video games and I joined a whole bunch of like modding projects and stuff, which were a lot of fun, toxic in hindsight, but a lot of fun. Um, And yeah, I ended up managing to get one book published pre-transition for a really small furry press, which was just about a um, bunch of animals being depressed in the American wilderness. Amazing. And <laughs> thank you. And um, 
after I came out, I um, just basically did writing for my partners. I did it as a way of like showing that I loved them and I made visual novels um, just, you know, for fun and because they made really nice um, creative little presents for birthdays and stuff. Um, but when I actually um, met other trans writers, I realized how good the work is and how you know, underappreciated it is. And I was like, wow, I should really get back into this. And yeah, because like, you can really change people's lives by just, you know, putting fiction out there, putting voices out there. And there's so little of it that actually gets appreciated in the world. And that's such a tragedy because we have to work so hard Mm. just to get any kind of like inlet into, you know, the debate, even our debate, the debate about our lives our voices are just really, you know, considered second best somehow. Um, so, yeah, I've um, managed to finish my first proper novel, which is a young adult um, literary fiction novel about a, um, a young 17, um, sorry, 16-year-old girl called Ingrid who um, basically comes to terms with all the trauma and mental health issues that she's dealing with at mm-hmm. her high school. Um, and that is trying to shine a light, not just on, you know, the experiences of trans women in general, but also the trauma that transphobia in high school and the type of, like, gaslighting and just general dismissiveness can have on you at, mm. like, an incredibly young age. Like, it's really kind of incredibly fucked up that you have children who on the internet are being constantly told that they're like groomers and rapists and stuff and I really don't think that we talk just enough about the trauma that does have on just like young children it's true Um, Um, and I'm also working on um, another book which is also designed to shine a light on the trans women in sports debate Um, and it's like yeah just trying to demonstrate what I said in my article which is that the idea that trans women have an unfair advantage in sport is ridiculous because we're disadvantaged in literally every aspect of our lives. Like, you can kind of see that play out. There mm-hmm. hasn't been a single trans person who's actually won a freaking tournament, even though we've been eligible for decades. <laughs> yeah, it really is, I think, a debate about the humanity of trans people and not about the reality of the actual situation of trans people in sport. Um, Thank you for sharing that background. I think one thing that stood out to me is that it's really important to validate, you know, your coping mechanisms and the things you kind of draw on to get by when you're younger and that can turn into something really special that other people can share as well. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of sharing, um, when I was writing these uh, questions, I was reflecting on my own experience kind of being a creative and sharing work. And most forms of creative practice require us to really put ourselves out there. And this can be a pretty vulnerable experience, especially when the work you're sharing sits so close to home. And for many trans and queer creators, uh, this means our practice can be deeply linked to our sense of self. So I wanted to ask you, how do you stay motivated when you're dealing with rejections? Um, bored of you to say that I do. Um, 
I do my best. There's always so much that someone can do. Um, I think the best thing that I have learned is that it's just community. Like, just the people around me are some of the most amazing people I think probably exist in the world. That's a bold claim, but, like, from my perspective, that's true. Mm. And they have demonstrated to me, like, above and beyond how important the work that not just that I do, but, like, all of us do, like, all of us who are, like, trying hard to be the activists who are, like, dealing with the constant bullshit and constantly swamping ourselves, you know, with the knowledge that, like, it's such a depressing, awful time to be a trans person in the world at the moment. But, you know, like, I feel like a lot of um, activists in general feel the same thing. Like, it's not just us. And... Like, the same things that always get said. It's just when you, like, the rewards that you get, even if they're few and far between, constantly outweigh all the, you know, constant burdens that are placed on yourself and the pressure. And sometimes it really just helps to get creative as well, which is something that I learned, like, not just going through the general mainstream processes of trying to get my work out there, but, like, trying to find other ways of trying to get my work out there and other mediums that I can go through. Like, I've also thought about, like, writing plays because I know books aren't accessible Mm -hmm. to everyone. So, basically, for me, it's just firing as many shots at a target as possible and eventually one of them lands. Mm -hmm. And I know that when one of them does land, it's all going to be worth it. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And... um... While acknowledging that we need to emphasise our experience as trans and queer people, I do have to do a little reminder and a heads up that a bit of a language warning and we do have to keep it PG in case any of our baby trans and queer people are listening today. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. It's, you know... It, Good point to have a breather. I've got a track that I'd like to play. Again, not necessarily a disabled artist, but someone who's been through mental health challenges, and that's one of my favourite artists, and that's Colin Hay. And um, sort of he went through a tough time after Minute Work broke up and um, battled some substance, um, alcohol and other substance issues, um, and pulled his way out. Um, And this one, um, when I was looking for a track from him to play, just seemed very relevant for all of us at the intersections today from his album Man at Work in 2003 and it's called Don't Be Afraid. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
Mental illness has a bit of a hard gig, I think, in, in, in all forms. And I think that... Um, I suppose it's about saying accepting difference and accepting different behaviour and accepting difference in other people. I suppose within the disability sector, is there a hierarchy of disability? I don't know. Is there, are there judgmental attitudes in the disability sector itself? I don't know. But I just know that mental illness, because it's an, an invisible disability, because we, you can't see the broken brain that produces the behaviour that we, you know, we, we show sometimes, because it's an invisible illness and an invisible disability it's hard for people to accept that we have an illness and that we have disability so even in in the own sector it's about people accepting us for who we are and generally speaking society doesn't deal with difference at all well how do we break down those barriers and say to a wider society it's about accepting difference in, in all its manifestations and because I have a mental illness you know I have a different difference You're listening to 3, 3CR 855am on International Day of People with a Disability. Yep, turn it up, keep it on. 3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon, or actually most, I'll come back to that in a second. Um, and... Um, um, out of the pan is the show um, covering, um, well, issues knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. And so far today, music of genre, um, rock with Alanis Morissette, the Wolverines, country-ish, and Colin Hay. Um, sort of, that's more his sort of, bit of his reggae type of sound, I suppose you'd say. Um, there's lots more programming coming up on Disability Day, one o'clock, um, instead of Freedom of Species, um, Sick and sick Sovereign Poetry and Yarns with Darcy and M. Two o'clock, um, we're not rotating. It's health and care in the time of COVID hegemony, resisting the state's abandonment of immunocompromised families and, yes, immunocompromised people. And then a big one, um, Queering the Air, Our Disability Doesn't Define Us, presented by Sasha. And in this special episode, um, Sasha and Jerry, proud trans women, courageously open up about their personal experiences living with disability. And for Sasha, this is the first time openly discussing it. So a significant milestone that has been long overdue, attitudes, norms, and the areas she was raised, has all contributed to her reluctance to acknowledge her disabilities. Um, Jerry will provide an in-depth account of her life with autism and lots of enlightening um, you know, sort of insights there. Four o'clock, raising our voices, experiences in the healthcare system, um, and um, talking about treatment with, from doctors and other healthcare workers. The boldness with Raphael, um, the NDIS gave us a new identity, um, and five o'clock, Palestine and free peace through justice, health through decolonisation, and six Ubuntu voices. We are here, and Ajak is joined by three music artists: um, Damage, Sage, and Mad Hatter. Now, wanting to get back to this. Um, um, very quickly, this um, article on the front page of the Herald Sun, which means that unfortunately I won't get time to finish that discussion, but it is on 3CR's website on this year's International uh, Women's Day broadcast. And apologies for hitting the wrong button there to start with. It's one of those days. Um, and this, um, I just found this quite, ins- I'm going to say content note, um, 
neuro, neurotypicality, um, um, a Herald Sun headline, I probably don't need to say any more, um, you know, reform or die. Many NDIS clients will die if the states fail to support a crackdown on dodgy service providers. Um, NDIS um, showing 16,000 and more than 100,000 providers are registered, meaning an allowing 85,000 or not. Well, yes, we should be cracking down on that. But what's been bothering me in the last few weeks is um, reports um, on how, um, you know, there's been going to be funding cuts for autism under NDIS. Well, why is autism, as I say, any different to, um, you know, sort of the, um, you know, having, you know, um, say a physical disability that's um, such as, say, a limb that um, may be different to what other people expected? So um, there seems to be this attack on the NDIS, um, which, of course, eight years of the National Federal Coalition government um, sort of made such a big meal of. And I think that unless there's consumer input into this, um, it's going to be problematic. Um, Also worth noting the lack of consumer input into um, reforms for trans healthcare, which whilst not a disability-specific issue, um, you know, I noticed this a few weeks ago, and it was all about, yeah, how doctors were going to lead it. Well, hey, it's our lives, thanks. Um, and it does come back, of course, to that old disability saying, um, nothing about us without us, and is really, really important. So, um, yeah, um, very important that we um, sort all these things out. Um, and do it with um, a sense of ownership. And, um, you know, it's just there's so much, um, you know, need for individual-centred care or person-centred care. I cannot emphasise that enough. Um, coming up this week, things in the queer community generally, Bent, um, um, Bent TV as part of Queer TV on Friday nights on Channel 31 slash 44. Um, Seahorse Club of Victoria should be scheduled to go on Saturday night, the 9th. And that gets us through to um, next um, week. Now, I won't be in next week. Um, said I had to mention that. I've got something on. I'm not sure what will be on at this stage, whether it will be a repeat of Out of the Pan or something different, because it is International Human Rights Day, and that's all human rights, disabilities, queer, um, race, skin, colour, refugees, and everybody. So it's really, really important um, that we acknowledge that. And there won't be special programming, but there will be something um, going on there. Um, so keep your eyes on the 3CR socials across all the platforms and we'll let you know what um, that one's about. Um, so, yeah, wrapping up, I think, again, it comes back to individual-centred care. Um, I really can't emphasise the, the need for trauma-informed care um, in... Um, um, you know, sort of our for our communities, and again, obviously for many others. And I think that systems that are designed by people with privilege, um, including patriarchy, neurotypicality, are just going to create far more problems than um, they will solve. And that's going to be hard for pe- some people to accept. Well, um, tough biscuits, I suppose. Um, start accepting it um, because it really is quite. Um, sort of in my mind disconcerting that um, we just can't seem to learn or we you know, go through the same old sort of underlying debates with one aspect of diversity and then we have the same things again and we don't say well you know how much of this can apply 
to other areas, obviously there's going to be differences between just being non-intersectional for a second, say, um, disability and queer, but there might be some you know, overall underpinning learnings that we could share, and it just seems very strange to me that we don't do it. Um, so that's just about it for Out of the Pan on this um, International Day of People with a Disabilities broadcast. As I said, stay tuned to all the great shows on 3CR that cover this right through until um, um, the last show begins at 6 and ends at 7. And then regular programming um, will resume tonight. Take it out today with someone who utilised, um, um, just was unique. Jeff Healy was um, a guitarist who was born, who um, became fully blind at one year old and yet learned to play the guitar in his lap, a bit like you might call a lap steel, and created amazing sounds. And um, here's one of his tracks from the album um, Feel This, and it's always good to feel um, in an appropriate way, and leave the light on. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week, or the week after. Yeah, I'm lost.